What's good, everyone? Welcome back to My First Kicks. This is episode 139, and this week we welcome George Martin to the podcast. You may know him uh, as one of the co-hosts of the Sneak Dis Sneaker Podcast. And if you haven't heard of that podcast, I don't know where you've been because this podcast has been running for quite some time. And we talk about the origins. We also talk about George's interest in sneakers currently and previously and how it's grown since making the podcast and where, you know, it's going to go because I feel like and I've been thinking about this, too, is like, is there a moment where I personally will fall out of love for sneakers? But I don't really think that that will happen to me. I, I think that when you start collecting that you start realizing like, oh, there's always going to be another shoe that I'm going to want. Like there's no end to it. And in like while recording this podcast, I kind of came to that realization that I'm probably going to be collecting for the rest of my life. I don't know. Maybe like because it's, it's weird. I remember like growing up and and listening to people be like, yeah, man, I used to collect tons of Jordans. And then now they're just only buying like Hirachis like <laughs> and I'm not even talking about Nike Hirachis. I'm talking about those like sandals Hirachis with like the opens that you, you just wear them like they're like made out of leather and you just wear them in the sun and no socks or nothing like that. It's something I will never do in my opinion. But it's another fun episode this week. Uh, short intro because this week I'm going to run to Jules and I'm going four days in a row and I will probably be tired by the time this episode is out. So hopefully I am pushing this episode as much as I should be doing and hope you all are watching and listening. And if you are just only an audio subscriber, please know that the video for this podcast is up on YouTube right now. I have been releasing the video and audio at the same time, hoping to to get a little bit more spark in terms of just listener and viewership. So if you're listening or watching this, shout out to you. And on to where you can find George Martin. You can find him on all Instagram and and Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at the underscore sneak this. And just look out for their episodes. I will link everything that you need to know. And it will be in the description of this podcast I think that their podcast, I've been listening every week for a while now. So the their content is always great to, to, to listen to. And also sneakthis.com, thesneakthis.com. You know, if you're really looking forward to more current conversations of what's out right now, George and Greg go in-depth uh, bi-weekly with their podcast. And it's fun listen. And if you want to follow George himself, follow him at boost underscore snob, B-O-O-S-T underscore S-N-O-B. Oh, and their IG is different than their their Twitter. Uh, their IG is the sneak this underscore sneaker underscore podcast. So give them 
a follow, I'm pretty sure you're probably following them. And you know where to find me. I am who is Haas on all social media. Follow the podcast on my first kicks pod. If you're watching this, hit that subscribe and like button. If you're just listening to this, hit that subscribe button and leave a review. And if you aren't uh, like watching or watching my content on TikTok, it's my first kicks on both of those. And if you have a my first kick story that you want me to read to when I have a guest on, hit me up my first kicks pod at gmail.com. On to this week's guest, George Martin. Hey, George, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you having me. Yo, man. I mean, listen, I'm a longtime listener of Sneak This. And so when I was like, I, I hit up the main account when you guys followed me a while back. Uh, and I was just like, you know what? I got to have both these guys on the podcast. And <laughs> and then Greg was like, you should hit up George. He's got more time. I think that's what he said to me because <laughs> yeah, I think he, he was going well, somewhere. Yeah, he <laughs> coaches soccer with the kids and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I definitely... I would still say neither one of us has a lot of time, but I definitely have more time than him. I got like the second business I run. So that takes up a lot of time. But he has more like, you know, I can flex stuff. He can't flex the practice with the kids or whatever. because He's got all those families that are, you know, relying on coming to practice to schedule. Yeah. So, man, I mean, listen, I've been listening to your podcast and it. Like we talked before, before we jumped on here, you've been running, you've been doing this thing for almost eight, is eight years or it is it eight years? Uh, yeah, it was like the end of 2015 or like, well, let's just say mid to end 2015. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> I saw something, like I said, something popped up uh, and it said seven years ago when it was like an episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that isn't even worth when it started either. Like it started a year before that. That's crazy, dude. Well, yeah. I have no business still doing this. I'm old. So what, man? Sneakers is for everybody. That's what that's what that's what this is about. Like, that's you true. know, every everybody has different stories and these stories need to be heard, you know, and different opinions because now we live in and I I've, t- I've been talking about this since the start of this podcast. It's like we've gotten into this habit of just, you know, Everybody wants to be the same now, and you can't have a disagreement in in sneakers. You ha- everybody has to be like, yeah, I like those too. Oh yeah, those are dope too. I'm like, man, tell me, tell me something's whack so I can have a, like a long conversation with you instead of just being like, all right, man. Well, we you go. got the right person on the show because people will tell you I hate everything. So, oh yeah, this is true. This one I know, <laughs> but for, but for my listeners uh, that aren't, if they aren't familiar with you, how about you introduce yourself? Yes. Um, I'm sure people know my name. So George Martin, Sneak This Podcast. We've done it for a long time. Um, you know, we would consider ourselves obviously the best pod in sneakers. Um, and that may be arrogant. It is, we've accepted it. It comes with the territory. We've done it for so long. We've been consistent doing it every two weeks now. It used to be every week in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some pretty big guests on before. Um and, you know, we have fun with it. Like, obviously, Greg running joke is we're getting tired of it. We're getting old. You know, it's mm-hmm. difficult. He, Like I said, he has a lot more to do than I do. He does the editing of the show. We don't have a production team, none of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, it might be actually be easier to do this format right here than going to the actual studio. But I know he likes to set the cameras up and everything. So mm-hmm. one night every two weeks, you know what I mean? That's not too hard for me. So, yeah. listen, I'm yeah, trying to get like y'all. Podcast. I'm trying to get like y'all, man. 
I ain't got no studio. I'm doing this in, in my room, like, you know, just asking <laughs> people right, to man, jump I'm on. Sure people, I'm sure a lot of people that are have built social media followings started in their, I mean, you know, they started on Twitch or now there's other things. Kick. I mean, I don't know all these freaking apps people are on now, but uh, it's crazy, man. Like, I mean, just technology in general, but obviously stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. every you every day you look over as a new app starting up. Like I saw somebody had like 150,000 followers on Twitch and then all of a sudden stopped and just started on kick, but they only have like 20,000 subs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was something where like certain sites aren't monetizing people the same way or what. I mean, I can tell you, like, I can tell you that one. Twitch is not helping anybody out. They, yeah, yeah they're, they're trying to, to take advantage of the content creators or the creators there. And yeah. in my opinion, and, and I'm not affiliate, not yet. So I, <laughs> so this is my unbiased opinion about it. And so like, uh, <laughs> kick, kick, kick is definitely a lot more looser with like, you know, helping people get money from their sure. subs you know yeah you have to be as yeah. a startup because your yeah. competition is already established you know what exactly, i mean like, yeah but what yeah that, that brings up one thing is like i told greg a long time ago when we started we probably should have done a patreon from the very beginning oh, we yeah, probably sure. should have done like we had somebody who works in media tell us to do uh snapchat filters where it like promotes the name of the podcast in different neighborhoods in Phoenix or however, however it worked. It was that's, like, that's, I think that would be too much like, I feel like GPS or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of that's like, like, what is work. this? <laughs> and then we've obviously talked to companies and whatnot yeah. about sponsorships and, you know, it just, I'm not trying to be like the counterculture skate guy and like be a gatekeeper, but I'm not going to conform to what you want because I'm lazy and I don't care. Like if yeah. I'm like, we got an ad the other day. They wanted us to read the ad and you couldn't even ad lib anything. You had to read the whole thing word for, for word. Yeah. yeah. And you couldn't add like, huh? And, and normally Greg has me read them, but I'm like, there's no chance I'm reading this, bro, because I'm going to say something in there that's just trying to be funny or whatever. Yeah. No, I'm not doing this. So like, we, I'm sure we've thrown a lot of opportunities out just from that. And I'm, you know, there's a little regret in everything, obviously, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I really don't care. Like him and I are still doing well in general in life. It was never a first job for us. It was always mm-hmm. a hobby. So it is what it is. I mean, you know, you guys put in a lot of work on it and I think that, listen, you, you guys go viral maybe like every month a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> so I think you guys are getting a lot of, like a lot of love, man. Yeah, well, so maybe it is a little counterculture where like, mm-hmm. you know, the masses like you, but the corporate or whatever don't. But yeah, we get into it with some people. And I, I know the Nice Kick social team <laughs> has a I'm not going to say they dislike us, but, you know, it's one of like one day it's up and the next day it's down. <laughs> there's other companies that are like that. We've accused the uh, complex of stealing material and uh, then their people got back at us and said oh we didn't do this we had this planned in advance no you didn't bro we you stole it from us but that's all right you know what i mean it is what it is like michael jordan wasn't the first good basketball player like right. everybody takes a little bit of something from the people before them so it is what it is man listen let's just look we're gonna hard pivot right because i i love a good hard pivot we're gonna hard pivot right into the question that i ask everybody <laughs> each week and yeah. that, that question is what's your first kicks what's that first person because you absolutely needed to have all right so the first one that i remember as a kid mm-hmm. and it, it it 
so I'm going to answer two different ways. And okay. Greg always tells me I'm difficult with this. And I mean, sometimes I am. But the first like actual pair of shoes that I can remember owning as a child that was somewhat important was Jordan 3. Because like okay. I said, I'm old. Yeah. So but the first one that I needed because I didn't like, you know, we all begged our parents for sneakers. Mm-hmm. But the first one I was like, Mom, I got to get these was black cement Jordan four. And that's why to this day that and the white cement Jordan four, my two favorite shoes of all time. So black cement Jordan four came out in 89. I would have been 10 years old. I had the threes basically probably out of dumb luck. I'm sure. I don't even remember how I got them, but Jordan fours was the first in 1989 that I actually begged for. Mm-hmm. Damn. Let me, let me, let me, let me read a, read a, a little <laughs> synopsis here for the listeners uh, because you, I, 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 I forgot that this was a topic on the podcast of bread <laughs> versus black cement. And oh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm over here looking black cement up and I'm like, I'm like black cement. Yeah. Yeah. Bread, bread. Yeah. 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 Right. So <laughs> we, we've kind of been militant about that over the years. And like, we used to make fun of a lot of stuff on the show that uh, I think we just accepted at this point. Like we used to make fun of people for saying fam and you know, stuff like that. Now we kind of say it as a joke and we started uh-huh. saying it so much that it's like, you know, the fifth word out of your mouth, but same kind of thing. Like you probably uh-huh. won't ever hear me say bread uh-huh. just because I'm like militant about that black cement. Yeah. But I have said it before, so I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm like, you don't say, you know, I'm not a gatekeeper kind of guy. Like, I'm yeah. not like, you don't say that, but I, it just doesn't come out of my mouth like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right. All right. Here's a little synopsis of the, the black cement Jordan fours. The, <laughs> uh, the, the air Jordan four returns in retro form for the first time since the original release in 1989. Uh, this black and red color scheme is 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 one of the OG colorways featuring black nubuck paneling throughout the upper cement gray and red accents are exactly exactly like the original release even down to the Nike Air on the back heel tab this i sorry i read the the 1999 uh sure. release first retro yeah yeah the first retro um do they have a, I mean, it's fine. The y'all know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite Jordans of all time. Um, I even have the ad behind me. It's not, you can't see it. I'll show it to you after, but I got gifted the original ad for that, for okay. the, for that shoe. And That's dope. it's a uh, man that I've been, so I won a pair of fire red fours at this. I went to, to go see Wu Tang recently okay. and they gave and sneak uh, sneaker con was there. So they gave, they gave away sneakers. And so okay. I got the fire red fours <laughs> and they're a size nine and I'm a third, I'm a 13. So I was like, okay, <laughs> this is, this is bad. So I'm going to go down and I've been thinking like, what shoes should I get? And I think I might, cause cause my bread fours, my cement, Black cement fours. Oh nah, man, don't change for me. You call it whatever you call it, bro. Yeah, my, my bread fours are killed. Like, like they're right. they're they're tore up. So I've been thinking, like, you know, maybe I might do that um, to get because I do want another pair. I, I want that 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 uh, retro well, uh, the retro OGs. Greg is under the impression he says something fairly controversial lately. Yeah. Uh, he's under the impression that the leather one coming out is better than the new buck suede one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When we see it in person, maybe. I'm a slave to the old one. I, I love the uh, original the new Bucks suede. Yeah. yeah, like that to me is better. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean the the pictures look dope, right? And yeah, it I doesn't look bad. It's a black yeah. cement four, like exactly. You can't 
But you also have to think about it because, like, it's a breathable shoe in Nubuck. But then when you switch it to leather, your feet is going to be, like, cooking. Oh, yeah. Thing. So oh, you'll yeah. be like Eddie Murphy in Delirious, just, just like, <laughs> sweating. Just, like. Leather jacket, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But so, like, did that start the bug or were you just like, you know what, you know. I remember I, as a kid having, yeah. like, flights. Um, uh, I still have pictures from when I. Um, going on family trips with my cousins. Like I had a, um, I sent it to Greg a long time ago. I think it was like the air flight light low, something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember the specific model, but that was like outside of a Jordan. That was my favorite shoe model as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love for them to retro that shoe. But outside of that Jordan four and like that one specific flight shoe, there's really nothing else as a kid that comes to mind. It wasn't really till like high school where you like care what you dress like yeah. and whatnot that I started caring about Air Max ones, mm-hmm. um, uh, BWs. I mean, I still remember in high school, like clearly in, in those days, like let's just say 94, 95, 96, you didn't have to camp for a shoe. Right. But you definitely had to be there in the morning they released if you wanted to guarantee your size. Mm-hmm. So I remember ditching class in high school to go get 12s. I don't remember where I was when the 11s came out. I couldn't tell you. Um, but I know I had Columbia's, mm-hmm. Cool Grays. I don't know if I had Concords or Space Jams originally. I, I the back of my mind tells me I didn't have them. Mm-hmm. Again, one of those things where your mom is like not going to buy you every single shoe. Right. I was going to ask, like, did you have a job at that time? Like, what were you doing? Again? I had a job as a senior in high school. That was my first job. Um, it was basically like I was playing. I was on a basketball team at that point, And my mom was pretty much like, if you're not going to get like a college scholarship playing sports, it's time for you to get a job because <laughs> – Damn. You know, when you're like 17, you want to go out at night and drive. You want to have a car drive. Now, you in New York City or where are you at? Yeah, I'm in New York. Okay, so it's a little bit different, obviously, there than the in metro LA car. where there's metro car. Yeah, you, exactly. Car you got New York City, you got mass transit. We don't have yeah. that in LA. Like, sure, there's buses, and if you live downtown, they have the little metro or whatever there. Mm-hmm. But back then, if you want to go anywhere, you need a car. So we used to go to the club, we used to go to Universal City where it's called City Walk. So yeah, anybody City in Walk. LA will know. Okay, you might know what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we would obviously go there, try to meet girls. You know what I mean? And you needed a car for that. You couldn't get there via subway. Mm-hmm. I guess a taxi. But who, like, what seventeen year olds taking a taxi who lives in LA? Like in New yeah. York, I'm sure it was normal. You know what I mean? But yeah, West Coast lifestyle is different. So totally different. Um, but yeah, like I remember ditching class to go line up for Jordans. You know, like I said, you're at the mercy of your parents for mm-hmm. what you're actually going to end up with again i don't remember owning concords or space jams originally but i still i think we gave them away to somebody on the show we gave the cool grays or the columbia's away mm-hmm. and then maybe i gave the other pair to my buddy um but i still have some of my original like i have a pair of the 12s 14s and something else at my parents house mm-hmm. so i definitely remember picking those up at that time but other than that Jordan 4 story and, like, that one flight low, again, I don't remember what exactly what the model was. But outside of those two, I don't really remember. The only one main story was, like, you know the model? Like, now it's called, like, the Nike GTS. Yeah. I think it's Nike GTS or something. Let me, let me look this up real quick. 
But there was one summer in high school where I was just chasing this one shoe around. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Let me see what pops up. Like a up. boat shoe? Like a boat Yeah, it kind of looks shoe. like the boat shoe a little bit. Yeah. I think it had a different... So I'm sure this is going to look stupid on the computer, but let me just... <laughs> so... Come on, phone. All right, so that right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was one summer in L.A. I don't know if it was before my senior year or my junior year that I was chasing that around all of Southern California, trying to find like as many colorways as I could for back to school. Mm-hmm. Fam, I'm not even joking. It was sold out at every single shoe store that I could think of. Damn. I went I drove like I had my mom drive me 20, 30 miles away mm-hmm. to go to different stores to find it. And you would see it on the shelf when you went in and get excited. Uh, we got 10 is the biggest size. Uh, you know, 11 is the biggest size. And like, come on, bro. <laughs> what like, are you going to do? No resale you know market at that yeah, point. Yeah, for real. How did you know that that was going to be that, <laughs> the shoe, though? I think it was just something where I was influenced by somebody I saw wearing it or like an athlete or something. I, for some reason, I was at a party. I was at not like a night party, like a birthday party or dinner party or something in Pasadena, California. I think mm-hmm. the summer before my senior year. And Stacy Augman is from Pasadena and he was there. He may have had him on. There's something I remember in my head with like Stacy Augman being at a party in Pasadena and not like I said, not like a night party, like somebody's like birthday party in the mm-hmm. middle of the day. You know what I mean? Like a Sunday afternoon party. And I that's that's what's in my head for like, but all I remember is have my like mom, I gotta get these in every color. I gotta get white, forest green, navy, everything. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, because they weren't expensive. You know what I mean? It's not like buying a phone posit or a Jordan or whatever in those days. Right. And they might have been 60 to 80 bucks. So I was like, we got to go. And then obviously she didn't want to drive me to 20 different stores. But if you keep begging and you can't find it, it almost like became a mission for her too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Let's go find them. So Man, I mean, dumb, dumb shit, bro. As a kid. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was fire. I think that, you know, you had a moment <laughs> with your mom. I mean, even though you're probably just annoying her, but like, yeah, and then and then going to these stores and then not finding it because you because, you know, the idea definitely like at that young age, the idea of not of going to a store and not being able to get something at that moment. Right. Like it's got to be like super frustrating because, yeah, it, there is no other way of finding out. Like there's yeah, there's like, no resale market. at that Yeah, point. there's no. Other, and now, like even with computers, like you can find out what's in stock at other stores. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, for like, sure. Before Absolutely. it was just like you just had to call and they'd be like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> You're like, damn, bro. Like, hook me up, I bro. Mean, <laughs> the only other thing was we had East Bay magazine. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, they would send the East Bay out and it would say like sizes seven and a half to 12 and then 13 14 whatever mm-hmm. and then you would call and it would be out of stock so it's like why you keep printing this in your magazine bro this joint ain't in stock like man stupid i just you just have me oh my god do you remember like when a shoe dropped do you remember calling nike to set like to do the phone order i never did that oh. but i know what you're talking about like i know people would call like if the shoe dropped at midnight, people would call mm-hmm. at like eleven fifty-five mm-hmm. and just keep the customer service person on the phone until the clock turned <laughs> yeah, to midnight yeah, and yeah. so they could order. Yeah, yeah. I never did that personally, but I know I remember people telling me that story, like, what are you doing, bro? All you gotta do is call at like eleven fifty-five and keep her on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, You're actually a genius. That's like <laughs> evil genius. 
And when I couldn't get it, obviously, that stuff bothered me. You know what I mean? I was like, man, F you, bro. (laughs) He's just yelling at the customer service like, yo, get out of here. Like, you just got to, you know, just keep the conversation going until, oh, hey, now that it's 12, can I order it from you? Yeah. (laughs) That's so wild. Um, People will think of anything, though, to get over on. You know what I mean? To be the one to get the shoe or whatever. Listen, I had my methods. When I was copping Supreme, like, early on, not like now. Like, now you don't – I used to do the – 11.55, refresh until 12. Like, or, I mean, 10.55, <laughs> refresh till 11. Yeah, till 11, yeah. Yeah, and you just keep going. I'm just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Oh, it dropped, it dropped. Like, yeah. And then, and then, uh, like, my thing was, I because, like, I hate campouts, and I don't know how many you've done. I feel yeah. like you've done a bunch. Um, but, like. We did too many as old people. Let's put it that way. That, like, yeah. I, you know, when, <laughs> when you're young, you know, I don't mind any of that stuff, bro. But me and Greg did too many as old people. Mm-hmm. We had no business being out there. But for a yellow phone posit, we ain't wearing no yellow phone posit. What are we doing out there? So we can make a hundred bucks? Like you, you got me out there since eleven p.m. the night before to make a hundred dollars. Why? Like, what am I doing? Yo, I mean, like I was never part of. Like I did it one time, and I was like, "This is it." Like I'm not doing this ever again. And so I've never done that. I did. I used to do the four o'clock, wake up at yeah. four, get there by like five a.m., and then wait it out from there. Um, and and that's the most I did, but like, I can't, like I was once, once it became like, you can get it online or you can do like the, the Twitter links. Yeah. yeah. I I was like, all right, this, this is more my speed. I'll wake up at seven. (laughs) The computers is charged up. I'm wake. I'll wake up and that's it. And there was a point when I used to wake up for all the Nike drops. Now I'm too old, bro. I don't care. (laughs) It is what it is. Now, granted, Uh Greg and I have over the years met obviously some people that can help us out Mm -hmm. so shout out to them you know i'm not gonna say who they are you know but uh before we jump back into the episode i want to talk to you about drops and collect by soul savvy with drops and collect you are able to stay ahead of the game using drops you can enter raffles and set alerts for any and all restocks it will help you never miss another release ever again and after you cop some fresh kicks use collect to manage your collection I'm also still in the process of adding my kicks to collect and it I'm telling you it takes some time but what's really cool about collect is that you can also make trades with no fees if you're a current member but don't worry if you aren't a member you just have to pay a flat rate of eight dollars now how do you get to these apps all you have to do is use the link in the description of this podcast or in the link tree for this podcast. Download these apps and grow your collection by helping the podcast. That's right. Just use the links in the description and start expanding your collection today. When I, I'm not sure if you've heard me say it on the show, but when I joke about a box showing up at Greg's house with a bunch mm-hmm. of shoes for me and him, that's a true story. Like the box shows up. And we see what we got. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's really. And outside of that, like, I tried for the Kobe's today. I don't uh-huh. know if you tried. For I, the did, Kobe's. I did. I tried to just for the Grinches because at the same time, I felt like something else was dropping and I was right. And then the Union ones dropped as well. Like, yeah. An hour later. Greg, Greg bought those. I didn't buy them. I, I, I mean, I would. I don't like the shoe personally. Uh-huh. By the time I went on the website, there was only, like 10 was the biggest size that was left. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I didn't want it anyways. I don't love it. Now it could come in person. If he got it, he'll bring it on the show, obviously to unbox it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be spectacular in hand. 
we all have experienced that thing where you don't know if you like it or not until you open the box. Right. For me, that's how it is with every shoe now. Like, yeah. black toe lows, I knew I wanted regardless. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to make sure I had black toe lows. And every once in a while, there'll be a shoe like that. But, like, for the most part, bro, I'm like, I don't I don't care. Like, I mean, it's, over, I it's oversaturated. It. It's oversaturated now. Like, you know, the rarity just, of sneakers is just. Yeah. I just need to see it in person and know whether I'm going to wear it or not. And I mean, I miss those days of like going to stores and being like, (laughs) you're like, all right, I like it. Do you have this in the 13? You know, like, like I used to go to Supreme. uh, I used to go to clientele over. It used to be across the street from Supreme and over here in New York. And like, you would go in there and they would have crazy stuff. And you'd be like, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna set these. Like, I don't know. If, do you remember? I talk about this shoe, and I feel like every time I bring up this shoe, nobody knows. And I, I feel like you're the right person to bring this through. Too. <laughs> <laughs> do you gonna you, put me on the spot? You gonna put me on the spot, and I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna know. <laughs> do you remember the the crown dunk? It was like a brown dunk with all the crowns on it, and it had like a a patent leather tongue. I was thinking you were gonna say crown royal SB dunk. I do remember that one. I don't remember the crown dunk. Oh, like, was it a was it a SB or I, I don't, it, it wasn't like an SB? It was bag. like it was just a regular. Okay, it was like a, one sportswear? of those. Okay. Yeah, it was a Nike sportswear for sure. I'm gonna look this up on my phone. I, I'm gonna have to, let me see if I can find it. But that shoe used to be sitting because everybody's like, "Yo, this 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 dunk is like there's too much going on. There's like patent leather here, patent leather there, and a bunch of crowns." And I used to be sitting at at clientele and. Like the idea of like, I used to go there like once a week, pick up the shoe and be like, maybe <laughs> maybe it'll, maybe it'll hit me now, but it doesn't. Uh, it's called it, the mighty mighty crown. Oh, mighty okay, crown, so yeah. it's the high. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely do not remember that. But what's what? I mean, for me, what's kind of funny is I look at that and that looks like the L.A. Kings hockey mm-hmm. logo on the like throwback, like the Laker color jersey yeah. they have. So that's actually kind of funny. But, yeah, I, this shoe does not look familiar to me at all. And then, you know, I see on – I don't know if you say the names of different brands yeah, or whatever on, yeah, the, on your show. It. But, like, yeah. okay, there you go. I was going to say, now you see it on resale on site, and it's like four or $500. Yeah. I mean, yeah, third, size 13 is like 1000 The guy's asking for 1000 Get out of here. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. I think it was on sale, and I didn't want to buy it. Like, I was, like, on half and half on sale. we all i mean that's the thing like greg and i talk about this all the time Mm -hmm. like if you focus only on your losses that you took you're never going to be happy because everyone has losses and wins that's the Mm -hmm. thing like there's plenty of like greg and i camped and we got kd six or kd what was it four kd four weatherman the store i think had 18 pairs damn so clearly we it was a w you know what i mean like but then but neither one of us, like he got his size and maybe I got like a half size too small because that was mm-hmm. like whatever was left. Right. So it didn't fit me. So, at you know, I'm thinking like, all right, it doesn't fit. I'm just going to sell it. You know, we both sold for like 300 or 350 or something, which at the mm-hmm. time still good because a $95 shoe. Right. Then you turn around a couple months later and it's like a $750 shoe. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So I tell Greg, like, you can't think about that 400 we didn't get because we still had a W on the shoe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and that's happened a lot, too. Like, we were at, I don't know if Greg ever told this story on our pod. He might have. But we went to um, the when we used to, like, I'm going to say camp because we didn't, wasn't overnight. But we mm-hmm. went to the local SB shop here for, um, 
what shoe was it? Roller derbies. Mm. So we went for roller derbies and there was like a 12 and 11 and a nine and a half left or something like that. Yeah. So I got the 12 and it was like, so it was like those left and it was like me, a lady and then Greg. Cause I think mm-hmm. Greg had showed up like later on after a lady had already got behind me and he didn't yeah. want to skip, you know, at that point you don't skip in front. So, um, the lady wanted the nine and a half. Her credit card didn't work. Oh, wow. So they basically told her, like, we can't, if the guy behind you wants a nine and a half, there's nothing we can do. Like, we can't mm-hmm. hold this for you so you can go home, get your credit card that will work. So he basically got a shoe because the lady's credit card didn't work. That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, we've seen it all, bro. Like, that's a crazy W. We heard mm-hmm. um, when Undefeated first opened up here in their store here in Phoenix. Yeah. And we should have known better. Like we should have been like, oh yeah, they'll probably have something. But it was there was no like, at least in our circle, there was no like talk of them having something special. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, the good the good Kanye days. I don't know how you feel about it, but the days before he started saying crazy stuff, so he was still in the good graces we, with sneakerheads. We, we, we on uh, we on we on par for course right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I will say. You know, I don't really get into the political stuff. I thought he was about to say, I thought he was about to say, you know, sometimes he does say good stuff, but not like. No, 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 no. So I don't get into like political arguments with people. If people believe in the stuff that Kanye says, by all means, cool for you. That's not going to stop me from bad mouthing what I don't like because that's my my right. I get to do what I want. Now, I'm going to respect you on your show. If you don't want me to do it, I won't do it. (laughs) Anyways, so that's not technically where I was going with that, but like, we had heard the undefeated store was opening up. There was a line at the store. Mm-hmm. So we just were like, okay, we'll probably know. It was me, him, and Ryan. You know, Ryan was our mm-hmm. third chair in our show yeah. when we started. We were like, let's just go. We'll know all kinds of people there. We'll just talk to people. Mm-hmm. So obviously we show up. People are like, oh, sneak this podcast, guys. Da-da-da. So we start talking to people. We probably were like 25. You didn't meet Miller? Like, <laughs> nah, oh, nah, man. I don't big time anybody. I've been recognized a couple times locally, but other than that, like, it's not that big of a deal, bro. I'm a nobody. You know what I mean? Like, let me teach you how to hustle, man. I'm going to teach you how to – let me get <laughs> let me get that front, front, front line, man. Y'all know me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, a, a couple people in Phoenix who are, like, random strangers have yeah. recognized me or whatnot. And it's nice to be recognized, but I, my thing was never to be famous. Right? I just was like, this is fun. If we make money like a side hustle, cool. But anyway, so we show up, and at that point, we're not even intending to get in line. We just came to, like, shoot the shit with people, you know what I mean? We're talking to people in line, mm-hmm. and then we heard people in line start saying, like, oh, the word is, like, it might be Yeezys or whatever. So we're like, okay, well, let's just go get in line, because we'll be 25th or 30th anyways. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being they had that pack where it was, like, the olive stripe, the mm-hmm. copper stripe. And maybe it was like the white one at that point, whatever those three that were in the same pack. I don't remember yeah. what the third one was. It wasn't the red stripe, I don't think. Because that but, was that one simple. That's after on its own. What's that? I think that was after, right? With okay, yeah, I was, I was yeah. like, it was because it was the initial release of these, but they just had these them are, late. It was like the, before the restock. These are the 450 V ones. 350 right? V2. 350 V2s. Okay. Yeah, 350 V2. So it was like copper stripe. Olive stripe and I can't remember the third one. It was either white or red, one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, so we're like, all right, well, we ain't doing nothing. We might as well go wait in line, anyways. And yeah. lo and behold, they had those, and that was the days when those were selling for six hundred bucks or whatever. So again, it's just like 
a stupid come up for no reason. Like we weren't even planning on going there and waiting in line. So it's a win when you didn't intend to have a win that day. And they ended up having, this is back when they were selling. Well, I don't know what they sell for now, but they had those like, not the high air force one, but the like super high air force one. Olive. They had the the olive one with the like long strap or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So they had those and those were doing like 400 bucks or something at that point. So they had those, you could get two shoes or you could get like one of each model or something. So we were allowed to get a Yeezy and that shoe. So, I mean, that's basically like you spent 400 and you made 600, like you sell them for a thousand kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm saying like everyone has stories where they lost and won. Mm -hmm. Don't focus on the losses because you're going to just going to piss yourself off when you had all these wins that added up anyways. So it's like, I mean, I I know like when I first started collecting and stuff, you do get serious FOMO from everybody who's able to have hot stuff, like, like fire stuff, you know, but I think people need to look at it more of like, you know, inspiration of being like, yo, you know, I can get something else like that. I really like as well. Like, you know, like you don't have to, because I don't, I think... don't think in the moment I was that smart about it. I wasn't thinking like, Oh, I saved. No, no, no. That's what I was saying. I was a little bit yeah. bitter, but in hindsight, that's what I'm like, bro, you can't be upset about that stuff. No. Nah, yeah. I mean, listen, I used to look, look on forums. I used to be like, Oh, I, Oh, you lucky bastard. Like I used to go in like, you know, like, uh... <laughs> but... I think, yeah, everyone's had that. Anyone who's lived through the entirety of social media, like we have has had that moment where they were like, saying something on social media that they probably regret you know what i mean like i think that's a normal yeah no listen i don't regret i was salty at that time i had i didn't have i didn't have a good job <laughs> i didn't have a good job. i was working at gamestop i would i could only for one pair of sneaker uh a, a one pair a month and so like yeah it wasn't it like everybody else was just figuring out ways to come up on stuff and i was over here being like slinging slinging subscriptions and and and, <laughs> and being upset at people who were able to cop like dooms and stuff like that for the low so yeah no nah. <laughs> well i mean yeah you so if you were in new york city through all that mm-hmm. stuff you lived through a lot of periods where you could get things that maybe at that time were not super valuable and reselling but mm-hmm. na- you know like over the years i mean um you said clientele clientele is not open anymore right not they, gone. They, yeah. they've been gone they've so, been gone but they but i mean they had all kinds of stuff like you said that shoe mm-hmm. was sitting there i'm sure they had a lot of instances of that thing yeah um, they, had a, they had avengers there sitting because people didn't want them like the patent leather version too and i was like what um but they didn't have my size co- yeah yeah so like compare like, all the sneaker shops that new york city has compared mm-hmm. to everybody else like what um dave's quality meat is that what it is dqm okay yeah like i had i had dave on the podcast oh okay cool yeah Yeah, that's i I remember he did that um he what was it he did like an unboxing or some kind of quick video for Mm, the stadium clubs or somebody a couple years ago did you see that yeah i watched the stadium goods yeah okay yeah they did a they did a because they have a pair of the i think it's like one out of 60 or something like that with the with the the Dave's quality meat patch on the air on the air before air, oh, okay. on the air bacon's and so they were Got like it. he did a, a full unboxing of that and like talk about his process how he made the shoe and all that stuff and it's very interesting you know I'm that's a shoe like I have two pairs of bacon's because it's my grail 
like sure. one of my grails um because i used to go to dqm every day and like it was like <laughs> i was there i used to i used to just be like so amazed by that store and and so i love that place and but so i'm like, sure back in the day like yeah. stuff was probably easy to get there though you know what i mean i would mm-hmm. imagine right like i mean clearly they new- still had lines like crazy out the door when new on York- these days Obviously, most well, most sneakerheads probably won't know the DQM and clientele stories and stuff like that, but they probably do know the um, pigeon story. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, you're talking about people having lineups before it was a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, I don't – now, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was not stuff like that happening in other cities. I mean, I, I was gonna ask, it, like, what was what was your sneaker? <laughs> what was the sneaker scene like? How did you get like? Were you was your first experience of like sneaker culture like a line, or was it something else? Well, the first experience of, that I remember was just like ditching high school, like I said, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you had to go to Foot Locker. You weren't getting it from like the mom and pop. There was uh, one mom and pop shop in my neighborhood that we would go to. But we didn't go line up there. It was like the second option if Foot Locker was out. It was called Shoe Stop. And we mm-hmm. love those people. And at that point, I don't think it was like worth making replicas or fakes. Or I'm sure maybe somebody hadn't even got that thought in their head yet. But we are mm-hmm. talking about like 1995, 96, whatever. So who knows if they did have fakes and nobody knew it. Yeah. But that was definitely the mom and pop shop to go to. Um, but yeah, I remember, like I said, ditching class to go at least when I'm buying them on my own with my yeah. money, ditching class to go buy them at World Foot Locker. From what I understand, it was the first World Foot Locker in the world. It was in mm-hmm. Arcadia, California, um, in Santa Anita Mall. Now, there could have been another World Foot Locker somewhere else. I have no idea. But, I mean, when they first built a store, people were, like, in awe of how big yeah. the Foot Locker was. I'd uh-huh. never seen anything like it before in my life. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, the first sneaker story where I remember, like, competing with other people. Mm-hmm. for sneakers you know what i mean um obviously i got the story with just going around the entire all of southern california trying to find something that's not even a jordan or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like but so when, when did you move because like i mean i feel like you're you're from just you know listening to you guys and stuff like that like i feel like it took off for you when you moved to to arizona or was it did it took did it so like, after I yeah. yeah after I graduated high school so the last Jordan that I bought was mm-hmm. and it would have been like my first freshman year of college or whatever but the last Jordan I bought was um Chicago or black we'll just say black toe black toe 14s the mm-hmm. Chicago home colorway you know what yeah. I mean that was the last Jordan that I of the you know initial run prior to retros mm-hmm. that was the first or the last Jordan that I bought and then when I was in when I was in college, or well, I guess I got team team Jordan ones too, like the ones that are half one color, half the other color. Yeah. Team one, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So I got those two, but that was probably the last thing I bought. The majority of the time I was in college, I really wasn't even like I was into like different kind of sneakers. Like I would buy Vans, mm-hmm. I would buy some European brand stuff. I really didn't get back into sneakers sneakers or at least like let's say jordan retros until Mm -hmm. 2011 or 2010 no Mm -hmm. 2010 sorry what i was buying before that like at like i graduated college in 04 so probably what i was buying the most between 04 and 2010 was sbs i was Mm -hmm. heavy in a nike same same um so like Greg used to joke like in the first couple of years of doing the pod, he would call me like SB God or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. what he said. That's what my 
handle on my, you know, because the boost knob accounts that I have are secondary accounts, Mm -hmm. at least for Twitter. Instagram, I never cared about until I created the one for the podcast. Yeah. Um, But he, you know, he used to joke, you should put SB God or whatever. And the funniest thing was like, we knew one guy who was in a Facebook group we're in locally here who had more SBs than I did. And like, you name the SB, he had it. So I didn't have it like that, but I had a lot. And then at some point I got to connect with a store that's still open actually in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. And he basically would send me whatever I wanted. Now, if it's a quick strike collab or whatever, I'm only getting one pair. So Mm -hmm. I can't help everybody out, but I could get whatever I want. And then the story that we always tell was, man, I wish I knew you back then. <laughs> yeah, the story that we always tell is when when they got I think he just probably got more pairs than he realized he was going to get and he, mm-hmm. you know, he's in like a smaller town. Now it's different with SBs since yeah. the Travis Scott thing or whatever, who knows who really created the hype, but I just call it Travis Scott era or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with with the era now, stuff everything flies. So he doesn't oh, have yeah. to worry about selling stuff, but back in those days, stuff really wasn't back yet. Mm-hmm. So the one story that always sticks out is the um, what model was it? It wasn't Space Jam. Space Jam's came out first. Concord SB. Uh-huh. So with the Concord SB, I think he got like a triple size run of what he Damn. would normally get for a quick strike. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, whatever you have left at the end of your first day being open, just put them in a box. Let me know how much it is and ship it to me. So I think he sent me 14 pairs. Holy smokes. Um, and so I just helped out. You're looking like, like Benjamin friends. Kicks out over there. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm not going to go that far. Because like I said, normally it was like with the SBs, it would be like one pair. Which uh-huh. to me was like, I just wanted a pair for myself anyways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he sent me like 14 pairs, I think, or something like that. of um, Concords. And I tried to help out whoever wanted a pair, you know what I mean? The people I knew. And then after that, once everybody got their pair, I was just like, I'm just going to sell the rest of them. Cause what else, what am I going to do with them? They're not right. like, it wasn't my size. It was like literally whatever he had left in the size run. Mm-hmm. So it was anything from like seven to 13 or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so between, Oh, let's just say Oh four in 2010, I really was heavy into SBs and that was all I was buying. I still would buy vans here and there. But I didn't buy a retro until Flint 13s came out in 2010. And that was either Black Friday or close to Black Friday release. That was like Mm -hmm. the holiday release for that year or whatever. And what was funny is my wife and I, we weren't even intending to go look at sneakers. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously I still love sneakers from just liking SBs and obviously being a kid and whatnot. But um, we were just going like Christmas shopping for the family. You know what I mean? Like some stores were doing like 50% off or whatever. So there was a line, there was a line that like wrapped around the entire mall mm-hmm. and they were handing out either gift cards or money or something. So we like literally, and I kind of feel bad a little bit to this day. Like we didn't take the thing they were handing out. So that's yeah. why I feel like a little bit less of a dickhead, uh-huh. but we basically just cut in line at the very <laughs> beginning and like went in the mall so we went and did all our shopping or whatever first. And I was like, you know what? Finish line is right there. Let me go on the finish line. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and I knew, cause you know, I still knew the sneakers were releasing, you know what I mean? I just wasn't buying them at that point. I right. probably bought a couple 
retros in that period. Mm -hmm. Like I remember specifically, I bought black cat fours. I got those from East Bay. Mm -hmm. I bought a pair of when the penny ones retroed in like, who knows what year it was. (laughs) Maybe no nine or eight or something like that. Who knows? I, you know, I got like a couple random pairs here and there, but I wasn't heavy back in like, you know, Hey, let's do a podcast. You know what I mean? Like at that point, if you would have said do a sneaker podcast, I'd have been like, what? But so we go in the mall, we go to finish line. Yeah. And I was like, you, you guys still got Flint's left? And he was like, I have my pairs. And I was like, what does what? that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? He was like, I have mine in the back, size 10, 10 and a half. I'll sell them to you for 285. And I was like, I'm good, man. I wear a 12 anyway. It's like, and this is, keep in mind, this is 2010. Like, obviously, Nike Talk and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soul Collector. Uh, ISS. What was Soul Collector board called? What was it? ISS. ISS. Yeah, there you go. ISS. Yeah. So, like, yeah, their board was out. So I was like, nah, man, I'm good. I don't need your stuff that's not even my size for 285. Because at that point, retros were 160 or whatever. You know what I mean? Way more affordable than they are now. Yeah. And so we came home, and it was obviously like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Because it was, like I said, it was Black Friday. So you're going at midnight. So I go on Finish Line's website. <clears throat> finish lines website i don't know if they still had a full size run but i got two pairs and i want to say one was my size and maybe one was another size and the code worked online oh snap i was like wait a second this ain't supposed to work so of course i bought two pairs i was like i can flip these if he wants 285 plus i got a code so that was really what got me back in 2010 into anything other than sbs and i kept mine sbs because like i said i had to connect in wisconsin and the last SB year I probably was into it was like 14, probably. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, in 14, between 10 and 14, I was just heavy buying whatever. Yeah. Retros, Kobe's, LeBron's, you know, like whatever was whatever everybody wanted. The, the, the bug, the bugs like spread out. You're like, we're, yes. we're doing it all. I mean, like, yeah, to, for me, it was the Fire Red 3s, I think at 13, when they retroed in okay. 13. And then that's when I was like, all right, well, I'm buying everything now. Like, cause I, like, like I said, like, I, I mean, because for real, like, and I don't know if anybody else has, feels like this, but once you get into SBs and it's like, it, I don't know what happens to people like, like back then it was like your SB do or die and everything else sucks. Like, you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was, man. It was like, nah, it's only dunks. Like you, if you don't have dunks, you whack. Why are you wearing, why are you wearing Jordans? Jordans is old. Like, yeah, I used to be super elite about this. I shit. can't, I can't remember the mentality like that, but it wouldn't surprise me because I wasn't buying anything else. Like I yeah. said, I'll buy bands here and there, but I was not buying. And like I said, maybe sporadic pair. Like I said, uh, Black Cat Fours I bought. I I know I had a pair of um, some random low 14 that I bought at some point, like a Navy 14 low or something. I don't even remember what model, what uh, colorway it was, but I, and it's since gone, obviously, because it was, what, 15 years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually more than 15 years ago. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would buy like sporadic stuff, but I understand what you're saying about SBs. Like I remember just meeting people who were into it and that's all they would do is just go to the different lineups for SBs and they yeah. didn't buy any other Nike shoe at all. Yeah. Like 
And maybe some of them were actual skaters who were going to go skate the shoe. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I yeah, just they, I don't they think were, they were. They were skaters. resellers for the yeah. most part. I mean, it was a, definitely a, a good mix because, like, I mean, you could make you could. You, it's not like you can like how it is now where you can make you can make a killing off of just buying only as. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But but before it was definitely like you're either you mess with skate culture or like you like. At one point, SBs were like the definition of, of sneaker culture because like, yeah, yeah, you know, like it was a lot of like, that's where the community started from and like came from. And then you would just be like, you'd have conversations yeah, I mean, we, with people and meet people. We talked it. about pigeons. Like mm-hmm. most of the people that bought the pigeons weren't skaters. I mean, yeah. most of them were probably resellers, I would imagine. <laughs> and obviously all the stick up kids that showed up were not skaters. No, yeah. They're just trying to make a buck. Uh-huh. And I mean, I wish I was there. My friend, uh, I have the first episode of this podcast. My friend, he tells the story. Uh, shout out Joey Brams. He, he tells the story of how like his uncle was the security guard for that lineup, and he <laughs> he, 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 he the only reason that he found out is because he was looking. He was looking at the newspaper with the lineup on it. And he was just like, it was that my uncle. And then, and then he was just like, I could have just skipped the whole line. He's like, he's like, I could have skipped the whole line. I was like, that's crazy. yo. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I didn't know that like the, there's a big sneaker, uh, like a big sneaker community in Arizona. Like what, what is that? Like, I mean, there, I would say yes, because, um, uh, one of my buddies here is part of the group and you probably don't know what it is, but living in, um, in, in New York, but they have heated soul summit here, mm-hmm. which is like a sneaker con, basically maybe a smaller version of a sneaker con. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've been doing that here probably for as long or longer than we've been doing the podcast. So let's say, let's just say 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I could be off by a couple of, give or take 10 years, give or take. So there is culture here, no doubt. Or, well, I guess it de- depends on how you define culture. Right. There's There are sneakerheads here. Mm-hmm. There are people here who love sneakers. There are a ton of resale stores here opening every single week. There's a new one opening. And in this economy, I don't know how. Uh, yeah, I don't um, know either. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Is it Common Hype yeah. out there? Common What's hype? that? Is Common Hype? located out there i feel like yeah common yeah, hype yeah. is out here common hype is like super far east from where i'm at i think it's either in gilbert or mesa um and i know i'll say this much i know nothing about them i know i've seen like one video on youtube or whatever mm-hmm. it kind of rubbed me the wrong way pause on how they went about their business at shows mm-hmm. so at, at that point i just was like you know what not something not something i want to deal with they kind of seem like jerks in the store a little bit. And again, I know nothing about the dudes. Mm-hmm. I have no idea whether they know who we are or not. I don't care, honestly. They're like, I, jump old, I don't care. They're like, like they're like, they maybe, look, they, and maybe, they, maybe listen, they are. They listen to the store every, every week, every other week. Like, <laughs> I have no idea if they listen to the show or not. Uh-huh. And I mean, I, again, I'm not trying to be a jerk or whatever, but the first video I watched kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So at that point, you know, I, I was like, I'm not going to bother with them cats. Like we know personally some store owners just from being podcasting eight years and inviting them on the show that I would go to that store way before I would go to common hype. And again, nothing against those guys. If you're an actual customer common hype and they've treated you well over the years, support them. You know what I mean? By all means, I don't know them from a hole in the ground. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I'm sure I've seen them out in public or whatever, because a lot of those, 
especially here in Arizona, a lot of the sneaker culture leaked over into sports cards. Okay. So you see a lot of the same people who were into sneakers who are now into and and probably since the market for sports cards has gone down, a lot of those people who are just hype people have gotten out of it. Mm-hmm. But that's what you see. So you see a lot of people that literally open a store and they sell like shoes and sports cards in their store. And I yeah. think Common Hype was like that. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, I mean, I, there are videos that you can see. Like, I mean, they. I was like, I, I, I hit him up to do an episode, and I, I, I immediately was just like, never mind, I'm not gonna do this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I but, just didn't like how yeah. he was like negotiating with people. Yeah, that's what I, I didn't like, like it either. It was like you sell to me, or you're not gonna be able to sell them. And I was mm-hmm. just like, bro, who you think you are, bro? Like, he's teaching them how to hustle, you, man. He's teaching them how like to like hustle. maybe, uh, fam. <laughs> like maybe you got a hundred thousand followers on YouTube or whatever. But guess what, buddy? Nobody knows who you are. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just being real with you. Nobody knows you, buddy. I mean, like, I live here in Arizona, and really nobody talks about them. We've done a podcast for eight years where so many people know who we are, and they've never once said, "Get the guys from Common Hype on." You know what I mean? Not once. I mean, and we know the, I know the owner of Manor personally, which mm-hmm. is outside of Undefeated, is the biggest retailer here. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. Um, you know, we, <laughs> I said something. This is one of the funny stories about just being recognized without being recognized, but like. Yeah. I said something crazy about undefeated one time a couple years ago where I was like, bro, this because they were burning like incense or something in the store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I I went to college in northern Arizona, so I'm not a hippie, but I'm cool with that lifestyle. You know what I mean? Down to earth. You know, you're not like like slow life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like You don't got to be hustling and bustle or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with that lifestyle. And I was like, bro, I told Greg on the show, I was like, it smelled crazy inside undefeated when i went in there like i have no idea what they were doing mm-hmm. next time i went to undefeated there was like something with a lineup and they let me in and they would like hope it smells better today for you and i was <laughs> like hey bro i wasn't even trying to insult you like that you know what i mean i just was saying like i'm gonna be i told you at the beginning i'm gonna be honest i don't care for me it's not about like making a relationship just based off being nice to somebody yeah like somebody at one point told us like you know about like some Disney deal or something. And I was like, bro, what our content will never ever survive yeah. that. Like, what are you talking about? So yeah, just like that kind of stuff happens. But again, like the way he was negotiating with people, because you gotta keep in mind these people that do shows, vendors and whatnot, a lot of them that's their job. Like that's mm-hmm. their livelihood. So don't go out there disrespecting them, trying to lowball them. I just didn't that content wasn't for me, bro. Yeah. Uh, I mean I don't I <laughs> like and I I never understood um resale store videos like like i just don't like this is today today this is we cashed out somebody i'm like (laughs) like, who cares who cares i did did used to watch uh what's them cats from la and they have a store in new york too where they did it oh round two Uh, round two Um, yeah but that's different see that's different yeah they you know because they had like personalities and stuff like that but i'm talking about like you know watching like a sneak city i mean no shade to sneak city no shade to common hype but like watch i was never into those videos i've not and i've been on the record here like harrison neville never liked any of his videos like a lot of these people (laughs) that that got big on youtube i never liked any of those videos because for for me like why it it, be, it creates another f- reason of like another thing of FOMO, and I'm like I'm good on on being like oh gotcha. you know I'm I'm gonna wa- it's gonna make you want to spend money more instead of being like <laughs> you know like instead of being like a reasonable per- a reasonable person wanting to pay your bills and you'd be like yeah I'm gonna eat a, a happy meal for the next three weeks so I can buy these like no you know so this is one of the things that like 
I've accepted over the years. And I think even now with the transition that Twitter did to where if you pay for the check mark and you have you get paid based on your interactions. Mm-hmm. So clearly a lot of these and this is to bring to your Harrison Neville point. Clearly, a lot of these accounts now just ask a question for interaction farming. Mm-hmm. And Greg and I only started talking about it like a year ago or whatever it was. So I don't, I'm not going to pretend like we were the first people to point out, you know, interaction farming. Mm-hmm. But if you tweet and you're t- and at the end of your tweet is a question mark, all you're trying to do is get interactions, bro. You're not yeah. being like, to me, that's not like you're not part of the culture. You're asking for people to give you interactions to create a following. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're out for, I mean, fine, by all yeah. means, knock yourself out. But I think like over the, over the year, I've just kind of like gone more to accepting that because especially with this new Twitter format, it is what it is. Like that's what mm-hmm. people are just going to continue to do that because Elon Musk has said, this is how you benefit from Twitter. Right. You get that check at the end of the quarter or month or whatever, based mm-hmm. on your, um, based on your traffic or whatever it is. So that Harrison Neville, to me, he did a lot of those videos that was like that. Like, mm-hmm. what did he do? Like, what, check out this mystery box. Let's yeah. see what I'm going to get. All mystery like, box. Damn, yeah. like, what, like, like I, I'm old, obviously, so I don't care about that kind of content. Mm-hmm. But I understand why he's doing that because that's going to get – all it is is interaction for me. It's going to get somebody to tune in because they want to see what's in the mystery box. Yeah. If you put in your – video title or your um what's the little picture called what the thumbnail yeah the thumbnail yeah if you put in the title or the thumbnail what's in the video and you have like a longer video chances are unless you're a big creator people aren't going to watch it right you know what i mean it's all about like trying to draw people in and obviously nine times out of ten the video is going to be bullshit anyways that's Mm -hmm. just how it works i mean but that's what that content, that Harrison Neville content never was good to me. And yeah. that's kind of like this Twitter thing. I can't wait till, you know, with the social, the social status currency, social currency <laughs> drop. Everybody's like, can't believe what color is under this check. And then you just see the thumbnail. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not going to do that. But like, I, I'm, I'm big on stories. Like, obviously, this podcast is about stories. So like, for yeah. me, it's like it like shoes coming out now, you know, it's like, you know, you're being told a story and and we're not being able to give get a chance to give our own stories with the sneakers that we, we right. buy. So it's like for me, I may I mainly base like my content more about like, you know, not sh- not like bring reflecting on like old stuff, but also being like, you know, this is cool. And then or like questioning, like questioning, you know, obviously my last video that I made was like about Meek Mill and and what he was doing on that <laughs> convention floor. And 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 we people- talk about it. This- yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I I'm going to listen to it cuz I want to hear. Um <laughs> the the uh like for me it was like people keep cuz like everybody kept going back and forth about being like, "Oh, the reseller effed up or or oh, Meek Mill sure. was uh was just sh- being shisty." For for me it was like if you if if you if you were going to cuz like some people were like, "Oh, he was definitely going to hit them back up and work with them." Like, "Come on, be real." Like <laughs> Like, you got to look at it and be like this, right? You know, if he really wanted to work with you, it would have been a conversation. Like, you would be met at the same, like, the same height, right? You don't go to somebody, lowball them, and then tell them they're wrong for for not accepting your lowball. And then go to another table, lowball a bunch of people, and they accept the lowball, and nobody gets (laughs) shouted out. Nobody gets nothing. So, like, who won? Nobody. Like, 
not even Meek Mill one because he looks stupid in the video. And then yeah. at the same time, it's like you can tell that like I think the I which I didn't mention was like what really pissed me off in that in his videos was like he would go to people and be like he, he was going to that one dude with the dunks. Right. And he was like. He was like, oh, what are those? Oh, whatever, $100. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, so you don't know what they are, but you want them? Yeah, like, know what to I, do with. I'm like, that really soured me on that. I was just like, man, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So it was, it was a good episode to talk about it because we had Andy and Rico on the episode. So you mm-hmm. got four points of view instead of two points of view. You know what I mean? Um, I saw the thumbnail or whatever, the description on Twitter. I never watched either video. My... I just and my whole thing was an assumption based upon what I saw, because to me, it looked like the typical thing at a show. Mm-hmm. Dealer wants X person wants to pay Y. Mm-hmm. Honestly, what you should do is just handshake at the middle price. Right. I don't understand why that's so difficult for people. Yeah. But like so my my company that I have, my like little side hustle or whatever is the sports card business. So mm-hmm. I set up at a lot of these shows as a sports card dealer. Mm-hmm. And really, it's the same kind of thing. But I I mean, just in general, I consider myself like a more reasonable person than a lot of these people. So I don't know how many sh- sneaker shows you've been to. Oh, my interaction. I, to, with, I mean, I haven't been to one for a long time, but but okay. but like my interaction yeah. with all these dealers in in the hobby, especially these cats from L.A. who come out here for the um, Heat of Soul Summit thing and mm-hmm. come here for and set up at um, Sneaker Con or whatever. All these cats are so overpriced on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, over the years, StockX has become that uh, the comp website. You know, you comp yeah. everything based on StockX or whatever. But no one wants to do the math on the transaction. So it's like the dealer is going to be too high and he's not going to budge. The seller is going to be too low and he's not going to budge. When in reality, like if you want it and he wants to get rid of it, you guys can come to some agreement. So with the Meek Mill thing, my whole point on the show this week was like, because I think everyone jumped down Meek Mill's throat for being a lowballer, which mm-hmm. I, clearly he is. He's right, trying yeah. to use his celebrity to buy something. Mm-hmm. My thing was like, not that I was trying to play devil's advocate or anything, but my thing is like, I don't feel sorry for any of these dealers. I shouldn't say any of these dealers. I don't feel sorry for 99% of these dealers mm-hmm. because they're going to start you out at $200 over comp. Anyways. Right. Yeah. So I came at it from a different angle where like I don't really have a take on the situation other than like Meek Mill's a dummy and the dealer was probably high. So you should have just shook in the middle and then been done with it. Like right. I understand people are chasing all the angles with like he could have got free promo. He didn't get free promo. Free promo is never like I, I've, I've listened to a lot. Of, I've worked on a lot of uh, street teams in hip hop. I know a lot about free promo. Free promo sure. goes no, goes nowhere. <laughs> goes nowhere. And it goes nowhere fast. So like, I'm yeah. not going to spoil Greg's whole point, but it's kind of like what you're yeah. saying. Like, it, as famous as Meat Mill is, and clearly he's not like a Drake level famous, mm-hmm. he, but he is still a level of famous. Right. As famous as he is, he's not someone who's going to help you sell a resale sneaker. Like, why is a person going to go to? John's resale store because Meek Mill bought one shoe there. Mm-hmm. So no that's idea. basically what Greg was saying. Yeah, and, and I was, I, and I, I and I was saying like you know you can get you like you'll probably get like you'll give your number. You took a loss on this shoe. You'll give you'll get your number. Right. You're in this video, whatever you like. With, right. Nobody knows your name in the video because he's not shouting you out like that, you know. <laughs> and you'll be saved in his phone as like sneaker guide seventeen, like you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> 
you're, you're not getting and then, and then, yeah yeah you're gonna be like and then he's you're gonna get a random call in the middle of no like in the middle of like seven years from now you'd be like yo you still selling sneakers like yeah. that's 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 the yeah. the best like that's not, that's even the best outcome like <laughs> you know like yeah so again wild. my whole thing was like i didn't ki- I don't look at it like, oh, poor dealer, you know, he got taken advantage. I don't look at it like that. I look at it like maybe this was the one instance where the dealer was actually fair with the price and maybe he did get over on them. But for the most part, these interactions, and I'm not trying to name nobody because I don't want to throw nobody name on the em. bus. Name them. Like, no, just <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of them actually, one of the main culprits for like being a super high overpriced cat recently just got in trouble. So we're not going to talk about him. But, <laughs> Zombie um, kicks. No, 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 no. You know what's funny, bro? I went back and looked at my eBay history and I had purchased from Zeta kicks from like oh, really? 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And it was like, I assume they're authentic, but yeah. like the transaction was like under retail, mm-hmm. came shipped immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I left feedback for it and I was like, perfect transaction kind of thing. You know what I mean? So like, my new plus experience plus. with him, yeah. Like, <laughs> my new experience with him in in terms of like the the culture now is completely mm-hmm. different from my eBay experience with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as far as the the show went, I just had a different opinion than everybody because number one, I do that as a as a side job. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm more fair than 99 percent of the dealers out there, and I've experienced it myself going to shows where the shoe that you have priced at your table, I can get for $200 cheaper somewhere else. Right. So I didn't, to me, I didn't see you. I think you said earlier, you didn't see any winners in the thing really. Yeah. I don't see any winners. Yeah. Like I don't see any winners either. Like Meek Mill is a goofy Mm -hmm. and homeboy. I will, like I said, I'll preface it by saying maybe this is the one instance where it's fair because someone said he asked 500. Yeah. He asked for 500. Depending on, depending on what size Meek, because I looked recently on StockX what those were. I wear twelve, so mm-hmm. I, but, I think but they were like he goes, he goes, he goes five hundred, and then like he goes, oh, I can go to the store and get these for three hundred. Yeah. I was like, what store? Like every that's what everybody else is saying too. And so like all right, yeah. Listen. So we talked we talked about that yeah. part too. And, and then <laughs> and then I, in my video, I'm talk, I'm going like I'm going. Listen, the first thing you need to do when you go to or learn to do. In in like conventions and you talking to resellers is haggle. Of course you're gonna haggle, but he yeah, wasn't yeah. he wasn't haggling. You he's forcing right. a price. He wanted the deal because yeah. who he was. Yeah, yeah. and I think yeah, that's he, not haggling. That's that. There's no skill in that. He's not teaching you how to hustle. He's just hustling. He's a, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, I think he was thinking like you'll make it back off. You'll make it back off, off my the promo, back off later. the promo. Yeah. yeah. Which he won't. But. I mean, and then so, you know, like people were saying kudos to the dealer for sticking to his guns. Yeah. I don't know if that's really what he did. He just was being a typical dealer who wants his price and yeah. doesn't want to negotiate. That's the way mm. I look at it. That's what I say. Like, there's no winners in the whole thing. I don't feel if, like, say the guy would have sold it for 300 I wouldn't have been like, or the second dealer, for example, who mm. got like finessed out all that. Finesse, I don't look finesse. at him like, woe is me because he didn't get his price guess what he's probably going to get more than what stuff sells for from the other 10 people yeah. that come up to the booth you know what exactly. i mean like i don't care yeah i'm gonna plug I'll, this in real quick but you good keep uh, going uh it's 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 very funny because like i also brought up like just being the idea like i said so i was part like the first part of the video that i made it was like okay you know shout out to the dealer for sticking to his guns and then after that i was just like you know it's just it's just wild because you're showing that 
people are are re, these resellers don't stick to their prices and so if if that's the case then everybody should get that fair shot to if they're not going to stick to your price you know so it was like that's what i i called out and i think that i mean it wasn't like it nobody's like nobody was like i need to make a video to respond to this yet so i think i think i i think i hit i, I hit the middle of the line on this one but the the idea of just like i mean look i the last I went to the one of the first couple sneaker cons, like when they first started. And mm -hmm. I think that was the last time where I realized like it's like, oh, you know, this is not really for me anymore. Cause like I if I'm gonna go to a thing, like I go to Complex Con, I've been going to Complex Con for the past like two two years. And to to okay. me, that's a convention. Like that you call that a convention, right? You go there, brands are act doing activations, you're meeting people, yeah. you're networking, you know. When you go to like a sneaker con or you go to like to me, it just reminds me of just a bigger dunk exchange. And dunk exchange, like right. when you go to dunk exchange, you're there. You're going there with bread, right? You go in there to haggle because you're trying to get that shoe, yeah. that grail. Possibly. Yeah, they're not doing all that yeah. other customer related stuff. It's exactly. just basically a, a a buy sell trade. Yeah, and so like I haven't been to like a got soul. I haven't been to sneaker con in a while, and I I mean I want to go, but. To be honest, if you they they gonna have to pay for me to go, like <laughs> <laughs> I think that's another group of cats that don't like us because we called them out like a long time, like seven eight years ago, bro. Uh, um, sneaker con, I, it's not a soul collector. It's uh, the other one. What's the other one? The the, the, the like soul. the owner of that. What's God, that? Got soul. No, the owner of that of that the other website that's like. Um, sneaker collector is the one who started oh. sneaker con i think uh what's his name um, um sneaker news is that what it is no i, I think so sneaker con got bought out and it's now like oh maybe they people. did after yeah. okay yeah so maybe they did after now. but he was the original one who started it i believe it, mm. is sneaker news the other one what's the one that's kind of like soul collector was it sneaker news um i'm drawing a blank but i got my phone plugged in over there but might be let me, let me look this up dunk exchange was uh, no uh i'm gonna try to see i don't remember i know so i think it was like yeah a, i think it was sneaker news who's the who's the guy behind sneaker news sneaker news is oh wait yeah yeah so you ming who did yeah who, yeah yeah uh, exactly he, he helped create um sneaker con i'm pretty sneaker sure con, he was the yeah. guy behind it i think yeah yeah so yeah. like we said some stuff about them at the very beginning. Them cats don't like us. So, like, I think Greg went to one, maybe. I don't think he got into it with anybody, but, like, mm -hmm. maybe he even solved whatever the issue was and they were supposed to invite us to some show somewhere. I don't. Obviously, that didn't happen, but I told you earlier, I'm not cow-towing for anybody. Like, right. you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not the bending over paws for anybody. So, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, them cats don't like us. So, to me, it's been... If I don't go to the local show here that my buddy runs, that's you know the um, Heat of Soul Summit. I don't yeah. go to shows like that. Yeah, it just we set up a couple times and did podcasts at their show, which mm -hmm. was cool. Other than that, I'm good, bro. I don't need yeah. to see another bunch of vendors asking too much money for sneakers. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I feel you, man. Uh, so at, we're at the tail end of the end of the podcast, and so I for asked sure. another question, um, and so I want you to think about that moment. Let's go with. Think about that moment when you're about to open that box for the cement fours, <laughs> you know, the 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 black cement fours, right? Uh, now you're you at your age, back in time, 
right behind your, your your younger self as he's about to open that box, what would you tell your younger self as they open that box? Um, well, I'm going to just do like a slight tangent first. Okay. So I told you earlier about the um, black toe low mm-hmm. Jordan ones. Yeah. I haven't worn a shoe like the first day or second day or whatever. I've owned it in years. And I put that joint on immediately, like when I'm on vacation the day after I got it and wore it. So basically, I just would tell my younger self, like, there's no reason to wait. There's no reason to wait anymore if you get the shoe that you really want. Like, if you if it's your grail shoe or something you've been waiting for, just wear it immediately. Why not? You don't need to make some place up to go, you know, to wear the shoe. And, you know, the funniest thing is, like, with Greg and the guys who know me from the podcast and locally and whatnot, they'll joke that I'll own something for years and never wear it. Like, the Jordan 4 I'll have forever and not wear it. I think I've worn the white cement remastered pair once or twice Mm -hmm. um so you know they'll probably disagree or tease me about this statement (laughs) but like i said those black toe lows jordan the jordan one low og black toes i wore those the second day i owned them Mm -hmm. and if those leather black cement fours that come in what is it like holiday release this year is that what it is no holiday release of next year i think it is is it really okay yeah yeah. see i don't know what year it was Mm -hmm. but whenever they show up if they're if I get that experience, open the box, I'll wear them quick. Trust me. Straight to toe. Straight to the toe. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Yo, thank no, you so you much. You don't need to wait anymore. <laughs> thank you so much for jumping on, George, man. This is a hell of an episode. For sure, man. Have fun. Yeah. And for everybody out there, you know what we say each week, wear your kicks. Peace. <laughs> unless, unless you're George, don't wear them. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, Peace. bro.